everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is April 12th. Today, we're going to continue on in this week's Come Follow Me block, which is Doctrine and Covenants sections 37 through 40. And today, we're going to talk a little bit more about Doctrine and Covenants 38. Now, it's interesting, if you'll remember yesterday, we talked about how these sections, the Lord is commanding for the first time his people to move and to gather in Ohio. Now, he mentions that in 37, tells them to go. But then here in 38, a month later, he's giving the commandment to go again. I don't know if they didn't listen the first time. I don't know if they just hadn't completed all the things that they were supposed to complete before they moved to Ohio. But here in 38, he's going to get a little more specific about how they need to leave and to gather someplace else. Now, there's something really interesting here in verse 38, and I'm kind of just wrapping my mind around it a little bit myself, so I hope it makes sense as I explain this to you. But in verses 11 through 12, it's going to make reference to a parable that the Savior gave. And it's so fascinating to me, considering what the Lord is commanding them to do, to gather with the saints in Ohio and to move. Here in these verses, it says, For all flesh is corrupted before me, and the powers of darkness prevail upon the earth among the children of men in the presence of all the hosts of heaven, which causeth silence to reign, and all eternity is pained, and the angels are waiting in great command to reap down the earth, to gather the tares that they may be burned, and behold, the enemy is combined. Now, those are depressing verses. (laughs) They don't sound happy or joyful at all. But I love the imagery that it gives us to the tares. If you'll remember, the Savior gave a parable about the wheat and the tares when he was on earth. It can be found in Matthew chapter 13. And in this parable, the Savior said that a man who had a field planted good wheat, good seed. And while he slept, someone had come and had planted tares in amongst the wheat. Now, part of the problem with that is that wheat and tares look very similar, especially in certain stages of growth. They look almost identical at at times. We'll post a picture of wheat and tares on our social media so that you can see the difference between the two. Now, because this farmer didn't know that someone had come and planted tares, the seeds started to grow and the blades of the wheat and the tares broke through. One of the workers in the field noticed the tares growing and asked the farmer, did you not plant good seed? Why are there tares coming out, out of the ground? Why are there tares in amongst your wheat? And the owner of the field said that an enemy must have planted the tares. And then the worker said, okay, well, should we go out and should we destroy the tares then? And the farmer said, no, that if the tares were weeded out, that a lot of the wheat would be destroyed since they were growing side by side. And since they looked the same, it was hard to, to weed them out. So the wheat and the tares were allowed to grow up side by side until harvest time. And then the owners told the reapers to first gather and store the wheat safely in the barn. And when they were finished, then they were to gather the tares into bundles and to burn them. Now, the thing that's fascinating to me about this section is because it's found here where for the first time, the saints are being asked to gather physically. Now, we grow up the wheat and the tares all in the same world. Our father in heaven doesn't isolate us from the world. He doesn't command us to only associate with people like us. The wheat and the tares have to grow up side by side. But then if you'll notice, 
The farmer asks that the wheat be gathered first. Gather in the wheat, get them safe, and then the tares can be destroyed. And so here in this section, the Savior is saying the same thing. Look, we need to gather the wheat. Let's all gather to a good place. And then whatever happens to the tares happens. But let me gather my wheat safely, get it safely in the barn. And then after that, come what may. Which is exactly what the Savior is trying to do for us now. He is trying to gather us in. No, we don't gather physically anymore, but he is trying to gather us into safety, into our stakes and into our wards, into our safe places, which is why President Nelson is speaking so much about the gathering and about letting God prevail in our lives. So the question becomes, my friends, what are your safe gathering spots? Where do you gather for safety? How do you find that safety in a world that is increasingly more filled with terrors? Because it is my testimony that our Father in Heaven is able to reach His hand into the wheat field to pluck us up and to gather us safely in. And for our loved ones, He has the ability to remove us from scary and dangerous situations. He has the ability to protect and to preserve the wheat as it's growing amongst the tares. I look back in my life and I see all these different times that the Savior reached his hand into my life and protected me. And it's my testimony that he can do that for you. He can do that for your loved ones. He can do that for the people that you are worrying about. Elder Rasband once gave a talk called Building a Fortress of Spirituality and Protection. And the whole talk is incredible and I recommend it. But in that, he says, our homes are only as powerful as the spiritual strength of each one of us within the walls. Now, I also believe that that's true for any of our covenant relationships, whether we're in the same house or not, and that by design of our covenant relationships with our family and with our Father in Heaven, He can protect our loved ones, even if they're not building their own spiritual fortresses. The things that we do, our righteousness, our choices, can build those fortresses for them. For example, I believe that parents who have a wayward or a struggling child can build up the protection around that child as they themselves try to strive for righteousness. Now, don't get me wrong. Parents are not responsible for the choices of wayward children, and our own righteousness can't protect them from making bad decisions. However, I do believe that the more each of us strive to do what's right, to follow our Father in heaven, and to build up our own spiritual armor, that we can also be a blessing to our loved ones in the process. And it may not be on our timetable. Lehi was righteous, and he built up his own spiritual armor. It didn't stop Laman and Lemuel from making the choices that they did, but because of the righteous pleading of Lehi, eventually Laman and Lemuel's posterity would return to the truth. Oftentimes as parents, it's hard to play that long game. We want the blessings now. We want to see that joy and that peace now. We wanted to see that change now. But my friends, our Father in Heaven is not a God of the short game. In fact, the Lord helps us understand that in the verses that we read yesterday. 
In verse 2, he says, The same which knoweth all things, for all things are present before mine eyes. He's not playing the short game. He is playing the long game. And he sees the beginning from the end. But as we trust him, and as we build up our own spiritual armor, strengthen ourselves, then we can trust in the promises that our Father in heaven gives us. And then, because of all we have done, we can trust that someday those that we love will be gathered in with us forever because of his promises. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Lindsay.